Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome to this, what the hell day is today? Thursday edition of Fantasy NBA Today. I'm Dan Bespris. We are almost through the first round of the playoffs. We do have one game tonight. You can see that on your screen. We'll be breaking that down here momentarily. I also thought today would be a good day to do a little lesson learned type of deal. Not in the traditional sense, because it's not like, hey, here's something we can do better on, on draft night. But you guys can see it in the title of today's episode. I wanted to talk a bit about something kind of dry, but something that I think we all need to be maybe a bit more focused on for our fantasy leagues. And that's how to use the slots, not even from a, a rostership standpoint, uh, from a settings standpoint, how to use the slots that are not your starting slots. So we're going to dive into that momentarily. You can find me on Twitter, by the way, at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We are broadcasting live today on YouTube in addition to the recorded channels. I know this week we kind of bounced back and forth depending on how time has shook out. Today is a weird one for timing because this show uh, coming in the middle of the afternoon Pacific time. Many of you on the East Coast are off work already and waiting on the one game tonight, which I think starts... No, this will be over before that game begins, so at least we got that got that going for us. Um, but let's talk about the, the main topic of the day, and that is the IL slot in particular is probably the simplest, you know, fewest word way of describing the main topic of today's show. And, you know, so from a main topic standpoint, a thesis, my thesis for today's show is that by and large, if you're in control of your league settings, you probably want to switch your IL slots to IL+. Plus. But I'm actually here to propose an alternative. Now, I get it. The Yahoo uh, public prize leagues don't afford you the opportunity to, uh, to change these settings. Right now, at least, those leagues are three IL slots. There's no use of IL+. Plus. And so uh, it's like kind of a kind of a whatever. Um, I have thoughts on those, and we'll get into those, and we'll get into how to handle the public prize leagues in just a couple of minutes. But what I want to start with here on today's show are leagues where you have some sort of measure of control over the settings, whether that's as a very vocal participant in your league or as the commissioner of your league. For me, now everybody that I play with knows uh, what I do here with Sports Ethos. It took a couple of years for people to catch on, but then I had the like Sports Ethos tag in my email signature, and so they kind of all figured it out. And by the end of like year three, I basically took over as commissioner in every league that I'm in, with the exception of one right now. And I have to admit, even in that one league, I'm kind of sitting there going, eh, I kind of would like to be commissioner because there's a few things I want to change that people might push back on initially, but then they'd realize how good it was. But it's probably good that I'm not commissioner of every league because that means that I can, to some degree, sympathize, empathize, whatever it might be, with those of you that are kind of fighting these same battles. 
Now, two weeks ago, we did a show about ending your season earlier. I think we called that one how to save your head-to-head league. It's time to change head-to-head league's settings. And the, the thesis there was, here's how you save your head-to-head league. You end it a month early. It used to be that the ROI of ending a season later was decent enough where you could kind of push through that thing. Such is not the case anymore. But what about this one? This, is, this doesn't get as much attention. But I actually think that this is a way to kind of save your league. Head-to-head or Roto with some slight tweaks to between the two of them. But here's my proposal. So this is my big, my big statement here. If you like IL Plus over IL, that's fine. My big proposal is don't even worry about injured list slots. Just make your bench longer. Let me try to do one of the first tenets of argument, which is to take the opposing side and then try to do away with whatever typically fairly valid points that that other side might have. So in this case, someone might say, well, Dan, what about when my player gets injured? What do I do with them? As I yank one of my headphones out of my ear while gesticulating wildly here on a podcast. What do I do about a player that gets injured? My answer to you is nothing. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Nothing. On the Roto side, I don't think it even needs any more explanation because you can just leave that dude on your bench forevermore. Doesn't really hurt you. You got somebody else that you can plug in. On the head-to-head side, if you have a long bench and someone on your team gets injured, luckily, you get enough games played out of the rest of the guys on your team that it probably levels off with the other teams in your league. And if you're worried about it leveling off even more, Just keep making the benches longer. I don't care. You could run a head-to-head league with the typical 10 starting spots. By the way, I have thoughts on what to do with those two, and and maybe we can roll that all into one show here where basically I'm like, look, if you got point guard, shooting guard, guard, just wipe all that out, turn it into three guard spots. Three guard spots, three forward spots. I still run two center leagues because I think that there are enough guys that have center eligibility these days that it hasn't really been an issue for my teams at all in years. I don't know who you guys are out there. Like, what leagues are you in where you can't get two centers in a 12-teamer? 14, 16? Okay, I'm starting to see how this could make sense. 
Um, 12 teamer, there are plenty of guys that have center eligibility that you can get two of them to fill up those. And I guess you could say three, you know, to knock out the game's cap. Um, but forget that for a second. Let's go, let's pivot back to our main discussion point here, which is okay, on the roto side, games cap of 82, 83. What did I say the other day when we were talking a little bit about roto games caps? Um, like 85, you could probably get away with these days. Three bench slots is not really enough to get you there. I would say five. So 12 teams, 15 roster slots. You're talking 180 players deep. 180 players are rostered. Somebody's not going to be paying super close attention, so you'll have some decent guys on the waiver wire. They'll pop up. They will. I promise you. I know it sounds insane to have like a 12 times 15 where there's still okay guys that surface, but they do. I assure you. Head-to-head, you could go deeper. You could go six bench slots if you wanted to. And then what you're talking about is, you know, you're going to have overload days. Streaming is going to be still pretty important because the last guys on your bench are not going to be very good. It's almost becomes easier to decide which players you want to stream based on scheduling stuff. And then if a player's hurt on your team, you can probably make up for it, and odds are someone on the other team is hurt as well. Let's just make this a simple math problem. If you have 16 players on your team and all 16 of them are startable over the course of a week, yes, you're going to have some max out spots, but let's just for argument's sake say, look, the NBA regular season is about 24, 25 weeks long and the teams have 82 ball games. So it's three and change. We'll round less than three and a half but let's just call it three and a half games uh per week or so per team again a little less than that but we're just gonna go three and a half to make our math simpler if you have 10 startable players that's 35 games in a week if you have a 10 player roster so every time one player misses one injure game you lose a little under 3% of your weekly production. It's a big deal. You could suffer through one of those and still be okay, because if your team is 3% better than your opponent, you still come out on top. But what if you lose two? What if you lose three? What if you lose four or five? Suddenly you're down more than 10% of your week? You're done. You're done. Even if you stream, you're done. Now let's say you have 16 players. 16 uh, players times three and a half. Now you're starting, you're, you're starting to look at in the 50s, which honestly, it feels like there are weeks where uh, my leagues are hanging out in that range anyway. Actually, you know why? Uh, because I'm in a league that is a 16-player roster, but there's 13 starting slots. In that instance... Basically, every time you have an injured game missed, you are still losing like 2% of your weekly production. So that's not that different than losing three. But now, instead of having a deeper starting slot or starting unit, just go to the shorter one. Keep it at start 10. You're not going to be able to use all 50-something games that your 16 players are giving you in a given week. Uh, What are we calling this? Like 54? six you're not gonna be able to use all 56 of them 
you're going to have overload days. So most teams are probably going to be looking at, I don't know how many overload games you run into on a, in a typical week with a 16-player roster deal, but probably anywhere from 1 to 5. So you're talking about low 50s. And the guy that gets injured on your team might have been a guy you could sub out on an overload day anyway, and it might not cost you a game. And you're like, Dan, isn't it easier to just do 14 or 15 slots and one injured slot? Just in case one guy on my team gets injured super long-term, I'm actually okay with that on the head-to-head side. Roto, I don't think you need it. Head-to-head, if you have, you might need one injured slot for the guy that's out for two months because that is really crummy or you just drop them. Um, but it's really hard to take zeros for that many months. So in this particular build, you don't even need the IL plus slot. It would just be one regular IL slot for a super long-term injury. And if your team has a multiple super long-term injuries, you probably have to draft somebody, which is kind of the way it should be anyone. If your team has multiple severe injuries, you either hold those guys like a regular NBA team would and lose a bunch of times, or you drop one which a regular NBA team doesn't have that option in, under their belt, you do. Okay, so why did I title this podcast a discussion of IL+, Plus if we weren't even really going to talk all that much about IL+. Plus? Well, actually, I'm going to talk a little bit about how, in some formats, it does make sense. If you're in a league where people insist, actually, the league that I'm in that I was talking about a minute ago, where I have 16 st- players on the team and 13 starting slots meaning like you really need to max out your games played so streaming is a really big deal not taking zeros is a really big deal there's only one il slot in that league that's rough because if you have a medium term injury that guy's going in the il slot and then if you have any other guys that are just missing games here and there you just have to wear it and then you're pretty much cooked how do we get around that type of scenario because that is quite prevalent on the head-to-head side Leagues where uh, maybe there aren't enough IL slots or basically just take the heading of leagues where every game played is hypercritical. In those instances, meaning if you can't just do like a 16-player team and start 10, if you don't have that kind of control over the way your league goes, yes, I would say IL plus does make sense. Because then you get these game time decision guys, they get ruled out at 3 o'clock, you can pick somebody up and drop them. But the reason that I don't want to go too heavy on IL+, Plus, because this is then the logical follow-up, which is like, hey, my league has two IL slots, should I just turn them both into IL+, Plus? my take is actually no on that. I think there should be some sort of limitation on how many guys you can basically roster churn on a given night. Because if you have two or three IL plus slots in your league and your managers are relatively active managers and they're moving guys on and off of those spots, you're going to have a lot of dudes on waivers in your league. There is a possible solution to that, which is turn off waivers or just make them like a zero day one. So waivers is just the day the player is dropped and then they come off the following morning. That's a little bit of a kind of like a... Uh, Jerry rig fix for that particular issue that you run into, but it does it does semi solve it. I just hate the idea of being in a typical head to head league where guys are on waivers for t- 
two full days, the days after they're dropped, which ends up being like three full days almost. And then if you have IL slots or IL plus slots, I guess I should say, and guys are moving dudes on and off of those, everyone's going to use all of their weekly moves every single week. And guys are going to be on waivers all the time. First of all, I'm very pro using up all your weekly moves. I think you should do that. And honestly, if you don't, you're kind of leaving money on the table. But if you're in a league where you have four or five weekly roster moves and many people in your league are using all four or five in a given week, and IL Plus definitely pushes people towards that particular idea, you got to basically turn off the waiver length. Still, my feeling is if you have control over this stuff and you're in a roto league, just go to a five-player bench, no IL spots at all. And if you're in a head-to-head league, go to a six-player bench or five players and one IL regular, not IL plus slot that uh, allows you to stash one long-term dude. And then, you know, given the fact that you can only start 10 out of your 15 or 16 guys, the weekly games played number should more or less even out between the spots. So that's where I think we ought to be with how we set up our benches in fantasy leagues right now. I, I know that there are extenuating circumstances. If you're in a deeper league, this stuff doesn't f- perfectly apply to you. But I think that folks do too much with the IL and not enough with just standard bench slots. Because if you have standard bench slots, you can usually plug guys in on those high traffic days if someone gets hurt. And things do have a way of leveling off a little bit more. And then, again, you're not reliant on your system's IL designation if it's a bench slot. And someone's like, Dan, that's why IL Plus was invented. Yes, but if you have too many of those, it creates kind of an unfair advantage to players who get ruled out a little bit earlier in the day. Teams start to kind of game the system a little bit. I don't like it. There's too much much wiggle room. Give me one IL Plus slot in leagues where you really need to max out your games played, and probably one traditional one. That's probably the way I'm leaning on that front. All right, let's talk a little playoff stuff. Just one game tonight, so this one won't take too long to break down. Celtics, four-and-a-half-point road favorite is the opening line. It's all the way up to seven now. That is substantial. The total has come down from 232.5 to 230.5. Uh, that's a ton of movement off the Celtics losing on a Trey Young 36-footer or whatever that insane shot was at the end of Game 5. Sure, everybody thinks the Celtics are just going to run this thing. Um, maybe they do. Maybe that last game was the you-better-focus game because they lost it on their own court. I don't know that I believe the Hawks will be able to punch the way they did in the last one quite the same way. Uh, I don't have any feel for the totals in this particular series. Um, certainly not when you compare it to, like, we handicapped yesterday's card and we got, like, we got like six or seven out of the eight possible leans right. So that was a fun one where we had a pretty good beat on a lot of this stuff. And um, this Boston-Atlanta one is is out of left field. They're, they continue to play pretty damn fast. The pace did slow down a little bit in the last ball game. Um, 109 possessions for Atlanta and 107 for Boston. So I think I would consider the under 
But we do know that Atlanta is going to try to push the pace as much as humanly possible here, especially back on their home court. It just feels like we're at that part of the game now where the teams know each other, and that's when scores usually start to turn in the southern direction. So no strong lean on the side. I am um, pretty blown away at how far the side moved without any big-time news information happening on the Atlanta side. Uh, but I do like the under. I know. Dan always likes the under, blah, blah, blah. By the way, we have the opening line on uh, Nuggets, Suns, and Heat Knicks for over the weekend. So we'll talk a little bit about the series that we know are starting over the weekend on tomorrow's show. That'll be Friday's edition. We will also break down on tomorrow's show. Where are we at here? We got one more team to cover. The Indiana Pacers. We'll talk Pacers tomorrow. We'll also talk uh, kind of a weekend playoff reset where everybody stands if first-round series are still rolling. They are. They will be tomorrow because the one that's happening today could finish up, but there's still a couple going on uh, beyond Boston-Atlanta. And uh, again, then we'll kind of reset the stage for the conference semis. Heat and Knicks, Suns and Nuggets. The one and the four on one side, the the hell's the other one? The eight and the five? Is that right? (laughs) Ah, sweet, delightful chaos in the NBA. All right, short one today. Um, Shorter because we only had the one game to cover, and... Shorter because the topic on benches and IL slots, you can really only do so much about. Congratulations to the New York Knicks and the Miami Heat on advancing the Heat, taking advantage of the Bucks playing with their heads so far up their butts in that game. It is hard to quantify precisely how much Milwaukee did wrong to lose that last ball game. Uh, Giannis missing whatever it was, like 13 free throws, seven turnovers, the Bucks turning it over late in the ball game, then Jimmy Butler hitting that wild shot. Bubble Jimmy's back. He just ain't in a bubble anymore. I'm Dan Baspris over on Twitter. We'll tell you more about the wager pass on tomorrow's show. We're running late today, so I wanted to kind of zip through this thing. Again, low on promos, high on sound of Dan talking incessantly. Catch you tomorrow, everybody. Fantasy NBA Today is the name of the show. Dan Baspris, the name of the guy you're hearing on the show sports ethos the name of the site behind the show thursday the name of the day wrapping up right now tomorrow the weekends we'll see you then so long for now